What is up, guys? This is uh, Ron Wyndham with the Not So Small Talk podcast. It has been a while, um, probably three weeks since my last pod. We had the 4th of July uh, weekend. It was my birthday, the big 3-0. People coming back from vacation, a couple of weddings. So, But I'm back. I'm back doing what I, what I love to do, uh, talking with friends about topics that interest us. Uh, I had a new guest um, first timer on the pod, Corey Bennett. Uh, Corey and I go way back, met in middle school, really good friends through high school, and I've always kept in touch afterwards. Uh, had to have Corey on. Uh, we're very similar guys, uh, have a lot of the same interests, um, and one of those interests happened to be Yellowstone. Um, if you're not familiar with the show, it is a show, not just a, a state park uh, or a national park, it is a show. Uh, leading man is Kevin Costner, and it is on Paramount TV. So if you didn't know that Kevin Costner had his own TV show or that Paramount even had television, uh, now you do. Uh, it's an awesome show. Uh, it's kind of a Western uh, meets Sons of Anarchy, um, and it's something that Corey and I have been watching together uh, off and on, texting, you know, talking about our man crush with a couple of the characters, and um, finally got together and did a pod. Um, we picked up the pod in the second season. So the second season started about five weeks ago. Um, it is uh, late July now. So we are in like the fifth episode of the season. Um, so we picked it up. We didn't really dwell too much on the first season or do any recapping. Um, uh, the majority of the, the first half of the pod, we just kind of focused on uh, big picture, you know, why we liked the show, what was our favorite characters, some of our favorite quotes, that kind of thing. Um, just kind of talked very generally about um, the series. And then as the pod progressed, we get into specifics of episode one. And kind of our plan going forward is um, hopefully once a week we'll get together and cover two to three episodes um, just kind of talking about what we liked our big takeaways we really don't want to rehash the episode uh, for you guys um, we just kind of want to talk about um, what we like about it and, and what keeps drawing us back so without further ado we are back this is an awesome pod one of my favorites let's get into it Yellowstone next my family and I ourselves in an interesting situation. Can I help you? Looking for John Dutton. Yeah, who's looking for John Dutton? The walls are closing in on all sides. The fire is supplied. Your father's ranch isn't a kingdom, and he isn't a king. Your family deserves to lose everything. There are wolves everywhere here. I'll run this valley. There's more coming. You bet your ass it's coming. This is where change begins. With new partnerships. They will pull you, they will twist you, and tear you into tiny pieces. To beat her, I have to attack him. I have to play dirty. We're about to find out how big a role you play in this family, son. You understand what I'm asking? Loyalty. For you. Ragnarok's so far from this place, I don't think it factors in at all. This cannot be fixed. 
What's up, man? What's going on? Good evening, young sir. <laughs> How's it going? It's going. I actually, uh, I couldn't wait. I started uh, episode five. Oh, I'm, I think we've got four and five to watch. I rewatched the first three, so I'm ready to rock and roll. Is, Cor- is Courtney still, uh, st- is she still on the train? She's still watching with you? Yeah, I think she forgot about it. Pregnancy brain. So we've been watching a couple weeks, but... Uh, that's that's understandable. <laughs> you, you guys have more pressing things going on. She's uh she's been pretty deep into Love Island right now. So is that a t- is that a TV show? It's like a British version of The Bachelorette. But oh worse. really? Yeah. That's awesome. I yeah. was uh I was listening to this uh, podcast the other day, and they they just had like this very random segment, and it was just they were just um, <clears throat> kind of talking and rating this like. TV shows of the summer and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't seem like there's a lot of strong TV shows on right now. So maybe I need to check out this British love, I w- I love show. It's uh, <laughs> so there was a TV show that was on Fox recently. What's Jay Cutler's wife's name? Uh, I have no, I know who you're talking about. I have no, I, that's a Matt Nowacki question. She, uh, she was on, she was like the host, and we got wrapped up into watching this TV show. It's the exact same show, just a UK version. Gotcha. And it, and it got gotcha. canceled. So, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully it stays on for Courtney if she enjoys it. Yeah, I'm sure. If if not, there's like five different versions of it out there. I'm sure. Yeah, there's yeah. plenty. Too many. So. We're here to talk Yellowstone. Sure. What What's your thoughts on the season or overall? Well, yeah, just just overall. I mean, I guess. Um, I mean, what kind of draws you to the the series? I guess just from a general perspective, and then we can kind of dive in to bits and I pieces mean, as we go. Really, I think so. For me to get into any, you know any show to where I'm going to be like, you know, dedicated to it and watch it nonstop. Kind of how, you know, I did with Sons of Anarchy and Breaking Bad and shows like that. Is there's got to be like a strong character, like a strong uh, group of characters that, you know, develop over time. And so Kevin Costner's character is just the baddest type of dude I can think of. Aside from Rip. But it just, when we watched the first, I think it was the first episode of, of season one, and he made, you know, the comment where, like, if you had all the money in the world, this is what you would buy. From that point right, right there, I was like, oh, I'm all in on this shit. So, right. I just think the, uh, just the, uh, the drama behind the show, the whole storyline, all the different pieces moving, that's, uh, that's kind of what draws me into it, I think. So, just kind of curious, like, kind of where your head's at, um, I guess maybe your heart, too, when it comes to TV shows. What, do you kind of have a a general Mount Rushmore of, of TV shows that you kind of rank, like, I don't want to say best of all time, but just off the top of your head, like when it comes to who is Corey as a TV watcher, what would you say? Hey, I mean, your favorite are these my four top shit. I don't even know if I could list four. Um, I mean, most recent memory obviously would be game of Thrones. I don't think you were a game of Thrones guy, but Oh, did no, you? I was, I was, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Do a podcast I definitely was on that. Like everyone else in the world. Yeah, I I shit all over the last season, but I liked some of the se- not as much as most people, but I liked it. Yeah, it uh, I didn't the last season, you know, 
that's a beaten horse, I think. But uh, overall, I right. think that was like one of the probably the best shows, like most well written shows I had ever seen. And I'm usually not a, a big sci fi type person, but um, yeah, that would be same. on the list. And then, like I just said, Breaking Bad, I think, was the most well written show of all time. Um, I agree with that. And then Sons of Anarchy would be up there. So definitely the first four seasons of that show. It got kind of kind of wild at the end, but um, yeah, yeah. Were you a Dexter? So I wa- I was a big Dexter fan for like the first I think like three seasons maybe, um, and then I just felt okay. like it just was kind of like the same the same story over and over again. Uh, only right, one guy right. can get away with killing so many people so long. Like, <laughs> but right. uh, yeah, I liked it. But there's probably so many shows I'm forgetting that we watched an unbelievable yeah. amount of TV in this house. Like same dude like i know i just will quickly get off into a tangent but with this whole like bundling of all the different oh, like hulu God, and dude. amazon and all, i can't imagine not having cable like every time i hear like the whole netflix <clears throat> and i mean i have them all and i have like probably the the most expensive yep. tv package but i could not imagine not oh, having dude. it like i can't imagine a world of not well having I, I think cable. i told you this when we were watching a uh, yellowstone the first season it was like I I don't know how people ever just waited for shit to come out every week. Like I want to watch everything right now. That's why I can't remember all the shows we watched. We just power through them. Really? See, I I I like the I like nah. the week to week. I, I definitely I definitely think I'm week to week. I'm week. Can't do guy. it because now we've got like we watch so many random shows like our DVR or whatever on Directv. We've got like 15 yeah. shows that have at least not 15. We'll say like six TV shows that have six or more episodes we haven't watched just because we forget about the shows. So do you not think, I hate getting off on a little, a little sidebar, but um, with Game of Thrones, do you not think like part of the allure and the buildup and the success of that show didn't have a little bit to do with the fact that it was like a community watch? Like it wasn't something like Stranger Things where – it was on the map for a week and a half and two weeks. Like, do you think part of the popularity was cause it had content like every week for like what, 12 weeks or something at a time? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think, so there, I think there's two different crowds for game of Thrones. Like you had the people that read the books that were all into it, that knew like the story before the show started. We didn't start watching game of Thrones until like season five. And so like, so we binge watched the first like you know four or five seasons or whatever and then caught up, but um, I just think for that show in particular was there were so many storylines. Okay, so let's say this then: if that was a Netflix series and all those came out at one time, do you think Game of Thrones would have been as big as as it is now, or was? Do you think that would have changed the dynamic? Yeah, well, yeah, but, well, also because like now shows are dropping with you know seven eight nine ten episodes at a time game of thrones started so long ago where like i feel like netflix was still the dvd rental thing you know like in the mail and hulu wasn't as popular prime probably didn't even exist so watching it you know week to week was just still kind of the norm more so than it is now so if it were to if it were to drop today i think it would probably still be popular but probably not to the extent that it was but you don't think that has to do with the the delivery as much as now we just have a lot more options. Yeah, I mean I think it's a combination of both, but I'd probably say more because just the yeah. options are yeah. options. Yeah, I was uh 
that the Bill Simmons podcast I listen to, they have a bunch of. I mean, I I primarily just listen to the Bill Simmons, and it's a lot of sports, but they bring a lot of like pop culture and TV show like you know enthusiasts mm-hmm. and stuff. And they were just saying that the amount of content that they were able to pour into Game of Thrones just because of the longevity, like not not for all the seasons, but like they had you know nine, ten, ten weeks of content because right. it's week to week, and they could build up and have these like live shows afterwards and everyone was at the same point and like you'd have these ongoing conversations but when you just drop a bunch of freaking episodes at one time it's like you don't know who's right. where have they watched it all like it's hard to have a conversation in any type of lead up and then before you know it the whole the whole yeah. war is gone because someone's moved on to the next season or the right. next you know next new show so it's weird how we watch yeah. tv now it's obsessive but it is obsessive all right so let's let's jump back to it it's Sorry. all good man um, so Kevin Costner, um, so I went and looked at, I'm a huge Kevin sure. Costner fan. I think I didn't know how much of a Kevin Costner fan I was. Um, and then I went back, um, well, I went and saw, you know, looked at, through all his movies and then I sent you that link today. He happened to be on my favorite podcast. And so I got to listen yep. to him, you know, do an interview and stuff, which was pretty cool to hear him talk before we did this podcast. But, um, do you have, I mean, what are your, some of your favorite Kevin Costner movies do you have a favorite do you have yeah well I mean I think obviously Field of Dreams is the one that you know jumps to the front of the page obviously being a big baseball yeah. guy um that was always like you know I've never actually sat down and watched from start to finish Field you of might Dreams. have to edit that out of this this podcast I know <laughs> you can't I mean I feel like that's it's a ridiculous sin. like it's I know I don't know there's I'm I'm a big movie guy and there's just certain movies like I think I watched Godfather for the first time oh, like Jesus within Christ. this year and I'm like mm. I know so like it's on my it's on my to do list I just don't know how it didn't happen during my yeah childhood. I mean like, I don't know it's like the best I haven't obviously I haven't too. seen it in probably twenty years but I mean from what I remember obviously it being um probably probably a top ten movie all time for me top fifteen um. In that moment. Yeah, I mean, back then, I mean, now probably not so much. I haven't seen it in so long, but I think now it's just the nostalgia of the movie. Yeah. Um, but back then, yeah, for sure. That and Ten Cup. Ten Cup's like probably one of the, you know, most memorable sport type movies. Um, so I was uh, on that podcast. Kevin Costner talked about Ten Cup. And so he was coming out of Waterworld. Yeah, Big Bust. I'm sure you remember. <laughs> which, big Bust. And he was going through a divorce at the same time. And he was done making movies for a while and not even his agent, some other agent reached out to him and said, Hey, I really think you need to do this movie. I know what you're going through, but this is a perfect move for you. I think it will be, you know, really therapeutic if you do this and talked him into doing it. And uh, it shouldn't have happened. I mean, he was completely out of it. Uh, So it's kind of crazy. I mean, I'm sure there's more, there's everyone's got that story, but it's crazy. If you like look at 10 cup and you're like, like, who else would it be? You know, it's like, it's weird to think these actors have lives outside of making their movies. Yeah. It's like, what would happen if this? Well, I think it's crazy yeah. too. Like looking at this list you sent, Field of Dreams, obviously baseball movie, Bull Durham, baseball movie, For the Love of the Game, baseball movie, Tin Cup, golf movie. Like I didn't realize he'd been in so many sports movies. Right, and he did. He did for the love of the game, or sorry, he did Field of Dreams. I, I don't remember the order. He did Field of Dreams and Bull oh, Durham back to back. 
which and he talked about like everyone um advised him it was like career suicide to do two baseball movies back to back and he was just like yeah. i'm in love with the scripts like this is what i want to do so i mean i couldn't imagine him in either one of those i mean they kind yeah. of made him I think, who he is i forgot he was in the guardian too without was that ashton kutcher or who was our uh yeah, was yeah ashton, great ashton kutcher underrated yeah. um, it is a great movie I think my personal favorite, I mean, I know what Field of Dreams is about, and I'm sure I'll, I would like it, but just kind of like what you were saying, I don't, mess it, or no, uh, For the Love of the Game is, is probably like my favorite Kevin Costner movie, and I don't think it's the best movie he made, but for some reason, like when I watched that movie, I don't know like where I was or what I was, point in my life, I can't really remember, but just something about that movie just like kind of resonated with me, and like I, I don't, what do you think about I, I that, love movie? that movie? What's the one scene that comes to mind? Um, I, I don't really, I don't remember. A, I just, I just liked him. Just this idea of him being <clears throat> on the mound and just like that yeah. isolation, and like he's just at war with himself and you know his life decisions. And I liked how it kept going back and forth. And you know he's like he's really using sports as an outlet. And then you've got what's his name from. Um, from Step Brothers is the catcher, and he was like this oh, comic John relief. C. Riley. Um, yeah. yeah, John C. Riley, and like, I mean, Kelly Preston's amazing too. So I just like just the isolation of being on the mound. Yeah. You know, I think the whole movie, being a pitcher, the whole stuff, movie comes to a head where at the end of the where at the end of the uh, at the end of the film, she's at the bar in the airport, right? So they just like ended their yeah. whole relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then she sees him throwing, I believe, was ended up being a perfect game. Right, sitting at the airport bar watching yeah. him. It was like, obviously, she was never gonna to measure up to what the game was to him. Like, that's like goosebump type shit for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if I went back and rewatched it, I'm sure I would have a very similar uh, feeling doing that. Yeah, I just remember the whole movie. It's just like, it was just a very yep. surreal movie. I don't know, if, me being a sports guy, and you yep. just understand this guy's love for the game. But yeah, I mean, his his career is obviously well documented but um i just love the fact that um these movie stars are coming and and making these these series um i think it's it's more enjoyable almost for movies for me and i love movies i hate movies like in the last five years or 10 years i think they're trash and i think that's a a direct correlation to why you see these guys coming back and making TV shows because they can't find the scripts. They don't want to right, yeah. be a superhero and they want to, well, they want good too, scripts. It's like a lot of the movies now are just remakes of older movies. Right. So like, yeah. Have the, has, has the well been tapped dry, you know, but I, uh, I told you there's a, a podcast called armchair expert. It's the, uh, Dak Shepard podcast. Um, which if you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, you should, but there's a, he does a lot of interviews, not only with like entertainers, you know, other professionals and like psychiatrists and all kinds of stuff, but I forget who he was chatting with, but they had had this conversation about how, you know, being in the industry, you know, in the eighties and early nineties, you were either a film person or a TV person. And if you, you know, were in film and went to TV, they kind of viewed it in the industry as selling out, you know? Um, but now, mm-hmm. you know, to, to your point, you see people, crossing over more or even doing less film and doing more tv and i think because the stories are just better like there's more avenues obviously netflix and amazon are just ruling the world um respectively like in the in their industry but i think that there's just 
it's viewed differently in the industry now where people can just do both without, you know, care if they're doing one or the other and they're just, it's just better material. Yeah. Well, and I think too, I mean, it, it would, you'd be hard pressed to convince me that the screenwriters and the stories aren't out there. Like I, I feel like, and I have, you know, I'm not in the industry, so I have absolutely no facts to back this up, but I feel like to your point, like the remakes and you know the superhero the whole marvel thing like oh, it's yeah. an easy paycheck so if i am a studio owner um i'm gonna get the biggest bang for my buck and if i can get a movie that has one already been pre-made uh, or already made and i'm just doing a, a, a you know a remix or whatever or i'm getting like a superhero that's coming with this this already established uh fan audience like before you even open at the ticket box I've already got tickets sold because my audience right. already exists. I don't have to sell anyone right. on a trailer. And so I think the amount of money that those things are pulling in, like these guys are just like, duh, yeah. like why wouldn't I, why am I going to go risk, you know, all this investment on a script and is it going to work? Like it doesn't matter if it works because everybody's going to keep seeing the next Marvel and everybody's going to take their kids for nostalgia to go see, you know, Foot, right. uh, Footloose remake and all this, you know, stuff. And it's just like, what's the what's the point like where is the incentive well, to do that Two to that same point is for those movies like all the i'm, I'm not a big avengers guy but for all like if those the superhero movies that fan base is so established they're gonna show up it's kind of like the star wars people which yeah I, i've never seen star wars right um like i probably <laughs> would never watch it, but I, i've never watched but the uh star wars but like who goes to the movies anymore right like now you can you wait three weeks or a month and you can buy it on yeah. Prime or on Apple TV, we wanted to uh, go see the new Lion King movie. It's according to like it's our all time favorite movie, the original Lion King. And so she was looking yeah. at tickets. This was earlier tonight, and she goes, "Okay, for two tickets, you know, regular Dolby Digital or whatever it is, fifty dollars with convenience fees." I'm like, "I'm Jesus. not paying fifty dollars for two of us to go watch a movie. I'll no. and buy it for nine dollars online." Like. So I think right. that, has, right. that has a lot to do with it, too, is people just don't go to the movies. All right. What's the last movie you've seen in theaters? Uh, we actually went not too long ago. Because um, I still enjoy I mean, I think our generation is probably the last generation that truly loves going to the movies. Like, I think, I think it's just the experience every once in a while. But I could yeah. not tell you. Uh, oh, actually, I can't tell you. It was that movie Shazam. We had free tickets. Uh, yeah, Shazam. No, I, the not no, just a kill a nail movie, right? Uh, no, Shazam. Oh, okay. It came out. Uh, hell, I don't know, six eight months ago. It's about this kid. No idea. It's kind of like a superhero movie, but it's this kid. Something happens, and he says Shazam. It sounds awful, actually, saying it out loud, but. He says Shazam. I'm glad you acknowledged it because it sounds. He says Shazam, bro. He this turns into a grown stuff man. Happens on film. You gotta go see it. It's, I think it's available to rent. It's a funny oh movie. To check it out. But okay, it probably probably never. But I went and saw uh, Somar or uh, the scary movie. Um, so it's like it's the new. Trending scary movies. It's like the scariest movie of the year. Like uh, Midsommar or that is. whatever. Good luck getting Courtney to see a scary uh, movie. You'll, 
Uh, well, talking about, I hate scary movies. I got talked into going to the movie theater, and I just, I did not enjoy it. It's like eating hot sauce for me. Like I don't understand why I want to burn my tongue. So I was like jumping every five seconds. I did not have a good time, and the movie was just. I mean, it was okay. It was. I I appreciated its, its originality. Most horror but movies just shit, though. Like I do want to see the the uh, what's his name from Key and Pill. Um, shit, I can't name his name. But the uh, that Us movie. You seen the trailer for that? Where it's like it's the the black maybe haunted or whatever the word is by themselves it's like people that look exactly like them dude check that trailer out i'll check the i'm I'm done with scary i I did my one scary movie for the year i I told jackie to pick one and that was hers and we did it and i checked that box for the year actually we're gonna i think this i think tomorrow we're gonna go see the the um, what's the time in hollywood i've been dying to see that that movie that seems like a very very wrong movie so we're trading off all right, so obviously we've got a lot to talk about. We've talked about Yellowstone for probably like two seconds of this podcast. All right, so I know we both share a love for, <sighs> for Rip Wheeler, so I just want to just throw it out there. I we talked about this already, but um, or texted about it. Goodwill Hunting, Too Fat, Too Fast, Too Furious, and The Breakup, which I thought he would be in much more movies because I thought I recognized him, and he's fucking awesome. Yeah, I uh, can't. Um, tell you that i remember him from any of those movies i haven't seen goodwill hunting in a long time but too fast too furious is like the one movie in that franchise that i feel like no one really watched is that our tokyo drift that's what i'm thinking of um so yeah this is the yeah, second one right too i fast think so furious. there's two in that title yeah. twice um so so goodwill hunting he was the he he was the friend so you had matt damon you had ben affleck <laughs> and you got the third guy gotcha. that was rip willer or cole hosser is, um, is the real name yeah i I didn't recognize him when you told me when you, you know, told me about him when we were watching a yellow song until I looked him up and I was like, oh yeah, he wasn't that movie, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known otherwise. Yeah, yeah, he put on some weight. I think it, it's like fifty pounds of muscle because it was like a fucking grizzly bear. <laughs> but his character in Yellowstone is like for the pinnacle. If I was a roughneck cowboy dude, I would, I would want to be that guy. Exactly. No one's with him. Exactly. No, you want to fight someone? Fight me. Like I would go around <laughs> just saying that. That would be my one line. You want to fight me? You want to fight someone? Fight me. That's I mean, he just—you know those people now. that you can look at and know they've just got crazy written all over their face. Like that dude's eyes are a black yes. hole. Like yes. you don't fuck with somebody like that. Right. Right. That guy doesn't need to do anything. He just walks around by, not yeah. gonna fuck with. Two. I. I think they did a good 100%. job though in the show. Like, I guess it was season one. Yeah, it was season one when they kind of do like his little backstory as to why he's on the ranch and what happened with like his family and like like that that kid yeah, was a yeah. fucked up and psycho from the jump like oh yeah you're like in a, a cargo shipment yeah, container yeah. or whatever he's he's i don't know if he's my favorite character in the show he's definitely like the most appealing um i like the fact that he's just a, a badass but i'm not sure he's my favorite in the show okay so did you um so you got the list of characters so you, you know we can reference those uh kind of get into some of the questions um and then if 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 some of the questions don't bring up um certain things you want to share on the characters sure. you can always you know interject um did you have anything else you wanted to say like why the show's so appealing to I mean you? I think for me like like I think I alluded to earlier it's like anytime you have 
uh, a storyline where the story, like there's more than one storyline that continually progresses, especially when they kind of, mm. they mesh together at some point down the line. And then you have the characters that, you know, evolve as the show goes on. Those are the two things that I think any good show that's going to maintain itself, you know, season over season has to have. And so far, I think uh, the show sets up pretty well for that. Okay. Um, so just, yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I mean, that's my general, like, most of the shows I think that I like definitely fall in line with that. I was trying to think about, I was talking to my mom about this. Like, I would never tell anyone that Yellowstone, right. it's not groundbreaking, right? It's, to your point, it's not Breaking Bad, it's not Game of Thrones. And I was trying to figure out, like, what do I like about it? that because it's so completely different from those shows yep. it doesn't have the depth of those shows and level of writing mm-hmm. and acting and so i was trying to figure out and it, i it's so closely aligned to um Southern yeah. anarchy for me and so i was trying to figure out like mentally like why do i like this and so a couple of things i came up with is i just really i love yeah. the brotherhood sure. of a gang right you have the gang and sons of anarchy which they're not a gang they call yeah. them like motorcycle enthusiasts but in here you have like the ranchers and just, just like this extended family. And just, I think I get more jacked up for those scenes where it's like, yo, Rip, oh, the guy's just so roughed up scene. at the bar. And Rip's just like, and Rip's just like, fuck it, grab my jacket. Yeah. Like, don't say no more, fam. Like, let's just go. I yeah. don't even need you to answer. I, no don't, detail, I don't need any more no questions. Nothing. Like, no details. Like, yeah. I, I just love that mentality. Um, especially, like, I'm sure you can relate. Just having, you know, best friends. And it's like, you have those couple of people in your life and it can be more than a couple, but you know, you grew up with them or you had experience with them and they could say one thing and it doesn't matter. It doesn't even yeah. matter whose fault it yeah. is. It's just like, let's go. Like we'll figure out the details later. So I feel like I love that yeah. in a show, like just cause I wish I could do that in real life like, and not get to prison. Go fight people and, <laughs> yeah. Not go to prison. So I love to watch it on fictional TV. Like I can really, it or gets, not get it gets me going because like if you re- like in this show like they always come out on top and so they always point, win. Get <laughs> that's true. Beat. You know that's what real life. Ha- that's what happens that's in right. Real life. <laughs> it's true. There's consequences. <laughs> You're sore the next morning. Like these guys just bounce back. So I like the brotherhood. Uh, I love tragedy. Sure. Like I just I, I like it, it. It takes the human element, so you feel for these people. I, I think that's kind of any show. Um, the other thing that I think I realized is that, and I didn't, until I really thought about it, I, it didn't really strike me, but, um, Jackie's heard me say this like a bajillion time when we go to watch like network TV is I'm so tired of seeing mm-hmm. men emasculated on, and on television. So I think a show like this, where I actually yeah. see like a man being a man. Um, and just like carrying himself well and being alpha and you know you don't you don't have to be alpha or it's not mutually exclusive to be alpha and be like um respectful to women and so i feel like network tv show that men have to be super passive and very obedient and almost like like feel (laughs) dumpy stupid to be like men in 2019 and so i like seeing you know, alpha men who like actually yep. act like men sure. that I grew up with and that I feel like I relate to well, on I think, TV again. I think a on lot of that TV. obviously is a just the generation that we're in, the environment that we live in, all the shit that was going on with 
people in Hollywood, right, are women specifically, I guess, um, the past, like, two years that it's been public. But I think, too, like, and this has been a big push, is, like, and there's a documentary, actually, that we haven't watched, but it's called The Mask You Live In, which talks about masculinity, right, in the U.S. or in the world, and how we address it in the U.S. and all that stuff, right? But I think a lot of the shows now, to your point, are almost – to the point where you can't show a man as what's perceived to historically be considered masculine because in order for female empowerment to take place in these shows, it's not like they have to be brought up to a different level, but the men are, you know, brought down, I guess, for lack of better terms to where it's, there's just, there's just right. no alignment with, it's almost like what we've done in the past is wrong. So let's just scratch this whole masculinity thing and then just focus on right. women, which I don't think, you know, they should be, two different things. I think they can align and not be, uh, not just be like dissected like they've done it, but I agree with your point. Yeah. And it's like a, you know, it's the whole seesaw mm-hmm. effect, you know, it's, and you see it in, you know, in, in modern culture is just like to build someone up, you have to like rebalance yeah. and take someone down. Like, it's not just like, Hey, men be men. And, you know, but you can also be a man and empower a woman to be a woman. And sure. there could be a mutual respect there where, two people can have very dominant features right. or personalities and one can be very masculine and one can be very feminine. And this well, is a positive well, thing. You know what I mean? It I can, think, it can uh, coexist, think, you know, sticking to you. So the show actually does a pretty good job on that. So I think it was episode three, maybe. Um, so after they, uh, spoiler alert, changed the guard between uh, Rip and Casey and Beth, right. that psychopath is talking to Rip out in the field and she's like, you know, you should just leave. There are other ranches. And he's like, this is my family, whether you guys see me that way or not. And then walks away. And I'm like, yeah. that's like a pretty deep, you know, statement there from this dude that probably doesn't feel anything in the world or doesn't appear to be right. Like, uh, And I would say that he is the most emotional guy and, and like in touch with, well, I mean, right. only Beth sees it. But I think his relationship with Beth is like the perfect example of like, the most alpha on that farm to include Kevin Costner and Casey, like those guys have problems like expressing themselves outside of like just how they feel as a man. Like I think Rip can show, Hey, you can be this very alpha person, but you can have this special relationship with the person that you love and have this tender side. So they're not mutually, mutually, mutually exclusive. You can, you can be both and it can be healthy. I mean, he's a character. So, you know, he's going to have extremes, but, I think TV, yeah, to your point, like just in 2019, it's, it's not something that is promoted or that we're really showing. And that's kind of, I mean, I don't think it, especially like you and I, like, I don't think it's going to have like a real impact right. on yeah. our children um, because I'm going to raise my kids, yep. you know, how I'm going to raise them. I'm right. not worried about TV, but I think it is. I, it's for Yellowstone. I, I, I think it's an underlying uh, attraction for me to to be in the company yeah. of men um, and to watch I think that. Too, so. One of the I thought about this today. So then this is kind of how Sons of Anarchy and Breaking Bad both were. I think looking back at it is so in Yellowstone they kind of paint Dan Jenkins right, Danny Houston I guess is his real name as yeah, this yeah, yeah. like villain yeah. guy coming in wanting to buy all this land like he's the antagonist in the story when. True, and they treat you know Kevin Costner's character as the protagonist, which is you know like your typical hero good guy thing. But what's interesting in all those shows, 
and Yellowstone too is I think truly Kevin Costner and Rip and all those people, those are the bad people I think in this scenario, right? Yeah. It's just focused around yeah. them and the show makes this other guy, Dan Jenkins and, and the other brothers that were just brought in, I think are going to play a big role in the show were, uh, are bad guys when really they're just business folks trying to do yeah. what they're trying to do. And just, so I think, I think that's an yeah. interesting piece of how the show is built. That's, I think it's interesting to me. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's pretty common, you know, with breaking bad, I mean, you're yeah. cheering for a drug dealer, right. And you're, right. Who's, who's murdering people and the same thing with breaking bad. Like it's great that you're policing yourselves and citizen justice, but at the end of the day, like you're running yeah. drugs and you're, you know, you're, you're a gang, whether yeah. you want to acknowledge it or not. So it's definitely that, that contradiction and that, um, you know, you're conflicted as the, I think the audience member, I think that's definitely part of what, what draws you sure. into the show. I agree. Yeah. Uh, just one other thing to tag. I, I love oh, the Midwest. If I, that's yeah, Montana. Is that the Midwest? Um, I think obviously not being exposed to that right. country. I think for one hour a week, just being in that, being transported into that, you know, lifestyle and that scenery, I think is just, I can't get it anywhere else besides the TV show. So I think that Dude, it's unreal. I was watching it uh, today to get, you know, cover recap what I had watched to get ready for this podcast. But um, the scene where Kevin Costner's like talking to his wife, like, you know, damn you for leaving me. And they show this shot yeah. over his farm and it's like the sun setting over the mountains. And I'm like, Jesus, like, and they got, yeah, they like, playing on, in the background. Man. <laughs> it's just like the perfect view in the world. I mean, it's crazy. unreal. Yeah, I did like that quote. What was the quote that you said? I I remember it. I actually remember reversing DVR and showing Jackie the oh, quote uh, about the if you had all the money in the world, this is what you would buy. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is what you would buy. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I like that quote. That's the... Season one. Okay. All right. Um, favorite character. Uh so I'm going to exclude Rip from this because I think that's just a no-brainer. Um, but I, okay. I get torn between Casey and Beth because Casey, I think, is the only okay. person in the story that has like a a separate, like completely separate storyline that they're focusing on, kind of emotional. He's got a lot of weird shit going on. I don't think it makes sense in the story, but I think that his character is interesting with like the military background. He's killed somebody. Obviously, that thing's going to come back. Um, all this stuff, and then you got Beth, which is just a certified psychopath. She she is she's fucking unreal, man. Some of the stuff that she rattles off, like she is a oh, legit dude. actress. Oh, like no she's joke. talented. But I don't like the fact that she's supposed to be thirty five in this show. In one of the episodes, what do you she, mean? When they're at dinner, and Kevin Costner tells her to uh, not talk about work, and she says, "I'm a thirty five year old woman. I will talk about whatever the fuck I want to." I'm like thirty five, my ass. Yeah, you should... yeah. Oh, you, like, she's a lot older than the, the like, actual. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyways, yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, her characters. Yeah. I mean, she's just like to the whole female empowerment thing. Like, she clearly is very successful. She's super smart, but she's like a cutthroat, like take no prisoner type of chick. So she she right. might be up there for my favorite character. So um, I. I... For some reason, I thought you were going to say – so I'll, I'll take your same approach. Um, Rip is my favorite, um, but I think that's an obvious one. 
So one of my favorite characters. Oh, he's is the Jimmy. funniest character. I love, <laughs> I love Jimmy. Like I have, I, I yeah. laugh so much when Jimmy comes on the screen. Like on the on the episode I just watched when he's they're at the bar and he's yeah. hitting on that Avery <laughs> chick, and he's like, he's like, uh, I forget what the, yeah. the guy who's hitting on the chick, and he's like, yeah, so that means uh, <laughs> fuck off. He's like a part of yeah. the Yellowstone. I can do what I want. That's it. I think it's that same episode yeah. where uh, he gets like approached by the meth dealers, or whatever that he used to to run around with. I guess, and then they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they it's the second or third. To the, but yeah, uh, I know you're talking about the ranch, and I don't know the old guy's name. But he's like, Jimmy, you're so dumb, you wouldn't pour warm piss out of your boot. And he's like, he's like, I get that that's an insult. <laughs> I just don't know why I have piss in my boot. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. That's a good one, dude. I love, I love his story. I, I like watching him try to. I think that was oh, a really yeah. smart move by them, like throwing this like random guy who has no idea what to. I think like Avery called him like a, a white, uh, like a white, um, but va- vanilla yeah. ice wrangler or whatever she said. Like he just has no idea what he's doing. Yeah, I think he's he's probably who's your least behind, favorite right? character. Well, besides the obvious one, I can't stand oh, Jamie. So zero Jamie's value just like, sure. yeah. Um, looking down the list, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Jamie, I mean, but I think that's the whole idea of the show. So, just so kind of like what we did with Rip, I, I think that's an obvious one. Um, Actually, I'm not a big Walker fan. Uh, and not because yeah. I know I'm not supposed to like Walker. I just don't understand why we yeah. need Walker. And maybe it'll develop, but he's just really annoying to me because it's like, dude, it's not you knew right. what the Yellowstone was. And so like like when you took the brand, you knew what you were getting into. And so he was just so against it from the very beginning. I, I don't feel like that really made sense for his character. I feel like he should have been in for at least a little bit and maybe something right. very tragic happened. And like it really drew a moral line, and then he decides to, you know, uh, rebel. But I feel like ever since he got in the bunkhouse, like he's had this really bad attitude. Right. I just don't feel like that's realistic. You're coming out of prison, you get the brand, and you're just just you're butting heads with the but lead guy. But I also love that he came out of prison with like the highest sense of morality for anyone that ever went to prison. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, right. You know, he's a, uh, he's oh, a really? musician. Didn't know that. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's got a. He's got an album. Have you ever seen the movie yeah, Crazy Heart yeah, yeah. with uh, Jeff Bridges? So all his, the majority of his songs are by Ryan. Uh, his oh, name's Ryan Birmingham. Didn't know that. Yeah. Is it Ryan Birmingham? No, yeah. Bing, Bingham, Bingham, man. Bing, Bingham. Still Bingham. Home. Ryan Bingham, yeah. Yeah, look, look, at a, look him up. He's got a pretty cool story. He, um, the, the person himself. And he's, he's got a he's got some good country out. albums. You'll recognize. Yeah, he's got a ton of the songs on the, uh, on the episode or on the show. Um, okay. Um, so I've got this one in here, favorite scene. So if you want to go back to season one and whatever you've seen, I know we're supposed to, we're staying to like, whatever you've seen, if you have like a favorite scene. I don't remember specifically from season one. Um, aside from like the big, the big battle where the, the oldest son dies. Um, but my favorite scene, obviously the, the bar, the bar where they let the bull in. Um, Cause I think that too, I think one yeah. of the things you wanted to talk about, like favorite line or, or uh, like comments that they made. So when they let that bull in there, 
And then the guy says, well, shit, Rip, you know, next time let me know. And he goes, you know, whatever. And in case he goes, well, <laughs> next time we'll just burn it down. I think they're making his character. Right. Like, yeah. And so that, I think that scene and then the fight scene between him and Rip, because that was like a big, like, change of the guard scene. So those are two of my favorite. Yeah, I think I love the Rip Casey scenes. Uh, I think my favorite is the initial fight when uh, Rip scares that bear off. And he said, uh, I didn't know my dad let you off the leash. He goes, (laughs) come again. (laughs) He like just like so casually jumps off the horse and puts his hat, you know, on the knob or whatever. And just freaking he's like, you still hit like a bitch or whatever. And uh, and he goes, he goes, uh, is that all? And he goes, uh, some of us actually have to go to work. Dude, I love this character. I just think, yeah. dude, he's so badass, dude. He's such a badass. So every, I was I watching that. it earlier, and uh, Courtney was upstairs working. She came downstairs, and uh, it was just some scene with Rip. I can't even remember what it was. And uh, I think he wasn't fighting. I think he was just, like, yelling. I think, oh, when he said something to Jimmy. Jimmy goes, uh, Jimmy goes, oh, I don't know how to swim. And Rip goes, well, Jimmy, do you know how to shut the fuck up? <laughs> 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 Cordy just looks at the TV and goes, man, I would not fuck with him. And I just I was like, yeah, I'm probably not. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's rich. I like that. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip some of these. One thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so this, is, this gets a little bit heavier. Um, so you can tell with Monica. We haven't talked about Monica at all. Um, no, Monica's uh, oh, yeah, yeah, wife. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've watched recently, probably in the last year, I've watched a couple um, Indian Wars type documentaries. Um, and then obviously this show, there was another show and I can't remember what it was. It might have been the documentary that I'm thinking of. I just, you know, she's got, she's got this storyline going mm-hmm. with the teaching. Uh, at the university and i mean you can tell not just with her but just just every the whole reservation the culture i mean this absolute hatred and just this feel and it's not it's not it's not false feelings i guess my point is it's a loss it's a lost thing amongst sure americans today about the land being taken from the indians does that resonate with you like do you find it i don't want to say silly but like I just feel like it's something we never talk about or we never is, it's not popular in today's culture. Like we've had a lot of things bad. Like we've had, you know, the civil right. war, we've had slavery, we've had all these other things that are so prominent, but it's really no difference than what happened to the native Americans, but we don't talk about it. And well, it's I not, think, a, it's not a big and, deal. You know, I don't know much more than probably than the average person does, because I think that's part of what the issue is, is, you know, this happened so long ago and it, you know, for lack of better terms has been so whitewashed from the time that was taking yeah. place and, you know, we glorify, you know, Columbus in this country for founding America, even though it you know, wasn't founded. Um, and it kind of gets like pushed to the back burner because of all the other things we've had happen in this country, the civil war. And then obviously you have extreme race relations that, you know, clearly didn't subside after the civil war that are still going on today. And I, I think it depends on what part of the country you're in. So if you're, you know, in the plains in Oklahoma or like Wyoming in that area where a lot of the reservations are, or even some parts of Florida, I think it might be a little bit more prevalent, but 
Have you ever experienced it? Like first time met someone, like I don't know, just like maybe not had like direct experience, but just like saw something where it's like this person's still angry or this person has anger from what happened to their. No, I mean, I actually did meet someone just a couple years ago. It was actually on a television um, series set, like a filming set. He was, uh, I can't remember what. I can't think of the right word to say here. I don't want to say tribe. I feel like that's super fucked up, but uh, whatever. <laughs> he was from somewhere in North Carolina and he lived on the reservation and whatever, um, you know, lineage he was a part of was like the, uh, I guess one of the poor ones. Like they were, it wasn't like the Seminole, right. Or anything like that. And we did yeah. talk about the differences yeah. between um, the different ones, you know, it's Cherokee or Seminole or, you know, all these other different ones. And how they get, you know, government assistance for being, you know, they have their different, you know, laws and policy and procedure on reservations. And it's like a whole different world just kind of tucked inside of, um, you know, each each state that they're located in. But I didn't get any feeling like, oh, yeah, we're super oppressed and whatever. It's kind of like, hey, this is our world. We live on this reservation. We have our own schools. Ours happen to be pretty shitty. But some like the Seminole people down in Florida Tallahassee, I think it's a big Seminole area. They have a ton of money. Like Seminoles are a wealthy, you know, group of, of people. And so I, I think it's just yeah. kind of like anything else. Like, yeah, they were widely oppressed, but I think it's just like, I, th- I think the story is no different as far as how they're affected than, you know, being an immigrant in our country now or being African American. And there's some right. that, you know, escape poverty and persecution and some are still extremely impoverished. I, I think it's just, a lot of the same and that doesn't, you know, I don't mean to water it down, but I think it's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, Jackie would be the first to tell you that I'm pretty (laughs) insensitive, which I know I, I I know I can be, I guess my, my, my question to someone and the show is fictional and it's, it's made to, to be entertainment, but I feel like, okay, I, I, the whole world was conquered sure. at some point, right? And so at, at some point you have to assimilate with the people mm-hmm. that are at the top. And so I feel like part of me, 70% of me feel sympathy. Okay, let's say 51% of me feel sympathy and, and I, I get it. But at the same time, another part of me says you're choosing to live on the reservation that has sure. no support system yeah. and no infrastructure. And so if you really want a, a better life, like just go outside sure. the reservation and like assimilate, like you can, you can still stay true to right. yourself and you know, your culture and your bloodline, you can have rituals and you can do all that stuff, but you can still be a functioning citizen American in the United States. Like, so it's like part of me is like, is that an ex- is an excuse? And I have absolutely no real life. Sure. This is only based on TV, so I acknowledge that. But it's just like, I got it. Like it happened. Like, but this can't be your excuse to your kids to say, hey, why is life hard for me? Well, you know, the white man, you know, Columbus took our land. Well, hey, someone has always taken right. someone's land. Um, but at some point, you have to change with yeah. the times. And I agree. So I mean, I, I'm a. I don't know. It was weird for me to watch for and not even just speaking specifically around race or anything like that. But I'm a big proponent of you control your own outcome. Right. So like whether it's professionally or personally, if you grew up 
poor or if you grew up and you were, you know, gay and your parents didn't accept your sexuality or whatever the case may be, everyone controls their own outcome, right? Like, yeah, there's going to be all these different variables. There's going to be all these different forces pressing against you. But for the most part, we control what it is we do, right? So, like, no, that's why I, I don't no, have I'm a lot of sympathy agree. for people that just let things happen to them. So, like, I was like, oh, well, I grew up poor, and oh, I grew up, you know, I was Native American, or I was a black kid, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, you let that stuff impact you, especially as an adult. Like, you're a kid, I get it, you know, you can't control these things. But as you become, like, you know, late in your teens and you become an adult, like, you now you're just letting shit happen to you. So, yeah, and like someone like with like Monica, like you know, to focus on the character, it's like her character is so she's so consumed in this uh, in this drama and emotions of just being mm-hmm. sad and upset with her situation and how her people are treated. It's like it it is directly impacting your the right. life around you, and that how how can you expect to <laughs> pull yourself out of that if you're constantly dwelling in this negativity of like look what already happened to me that right. you, you can't change that so you can sit there and focus on you know the reservation and all that but it's like you got this great opportunity and this great job and her character actually yeah. is taking the job now so at least she's taking a step in the right direction but it's like you can only you can only dwell in that so much because the people around you just don't give a fuck because it wasn't them right. like, yeah. i'm not columbus yeah like, i don't know columbus like what do you want me to do? Feel bad for you? Like, I, I'm just trying right. to get along just like you are. Like, I'm sorry that happened. Like, I'm sure if I trace my lineage to, to a certain time that, you know, someone got killed in my family right. by someone more powerful or more greedy or whatever. Like, that's just, that's just well, it's like how the world works. Persecution um, of the people who historically did the persecuting because of a certain variable. Like, oh, you're white. So I'm going to hate you because white people a thousand years ago did A, B, and C. Like, well, I shouldn't be persecuted for that because I have nothing to do with that. You know, like, right. And like, you can take white and you can, you can break it down. Like there's Europeans, there's Jewish, there's like all these people. And they, at one point did something. So I guess the whole point is, it's just like at some points in this, in this series. And I feel like when the, in some of these documentaries that I've watched, it's like at some point it becomes more sure. of an excuse than yeah. like pain. And it's like, that's your excuse for the reason why you are where you are. It justifies, like, I haven't done much with my Well, as long as you haven't so, made the effort I don't know. to progress out of that situation, it's still the crutch right. you lean on. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I try to try to balance it with sympathy. But at the same time, it's like, that didn't happen to you exactly. So what are you trying to flip this? What well, are you I'm doing to flip the script, I guess? But. That storyline, anyway. Like, her character in general, because... You know, I liked Casey from the jump before um, they moved out of that trailer and he went back at the ranch. But it was, you know, how she got injured. She tried to break up a fight, right, and got hit and hit her head and went into a coma. And then it's like she wakes up and she's like, you know what? You're living a wild life. I can't. I'm like, he didn't. Yeah, that was really weird. Nothing to do with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, that was part of my nitpicks in this, in my list is just like, how did she go to like wanting a separation? It yeah, happened like, so quickly. I, it just made no sense to me. Like, but I think a yeah, lot of it goes it back weird. to she thinks that men like Kevin Costner is why her people are oppressed. You know, like which you know right. to, to the point is made. Get the fuck over it. Like, if you're married to this guy, you're gonna inherit it. Do with it what you want. You know, like. But, right. Right. 
I had a, a comment, but I it, it escapes me. So we we, sh- we shall move on. Um, I did have a quote in that uh, when she started talking about Columbus when she was um, teaching the class. She said, "The man who first introduced genocide yeah. to the Western Hemisphere." So it's like that yeah. is one way to view it. Um, he was sent to go find new lands, like what he's supposed to do, go back and say, like, <laughs> occupied. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, oc- yeah. Oc- occupied. Oh, can we go find another? Yeah, I you know, what I mean, hungriest man eats. All right, moving on. This, this is how it's his life. Um, okay, so what are, what are your, some of your more, I think we've touched on them. Do you have any more, like, just dislike storylines or characters that you just kind of, Maybe not question if they're there, but you're like, ah, I can do without that. Or just just ideas or characters or just, I don't, you know. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Dan Jenkins character. I mean, I get there has to be opposition. Um, I don't know why you need him and the the chief. Like, I don't know what role Dan Jenkins is going to play as opposed to just being, like, pawned over by the, the reservation. But I think we could do without that, depending on where it goes, obviously. Yeah, I I need to go rewatch. I I don't see the incentive of Dan Jenkins other than just being like straight anger and mm-hmm. principle at this point to ta- to team up with with that chief because he knows the chief's just gonna yeah. annex his land, so like he's gonna get screwed. So, but now is it just like principle of you guys like fucked with me? Like now I'm gonna try to screw you over. Wait, I didn't if I like get screwed over. That, you know, at season one, it ends with the, them kind of showing that Casey's you know turning over a, a dark relief where they string him up in the tree and he's like, let him hang. So you assume he's dead. And then season two starts yeah. and he's alive. And I'm like, well, hold on. They right. like shown them cutting this guy down or what happened. Like did rip defy Casey's order and cut him down or like, yeah, that was weird. How did that, how did that happen? Cause he, he distinctly walks right, away yeah. and says, let him hang. Cause that was like a no shit scene yeah. for me where I was like, he's flipped a switch. This dude's dead. Shit just got real. <laughs> but Right, but yeah, I don't right. think there's anything else I dis. I mean, there's more characters that I like than I dislike. Like Bob, is that his name, the old guy that Beth works for. Dude, oh, that Bob. dude's got I one of the best Bob, lines in the entire second season so far. All right, hold it, hold it. We'll get, we'll get to it. Hold on. Um, all right, I have a couple. Uh, the mom yeah. storyline, the the dead mom. I I love the storyline itself. That scene, yeah, with the kids, I don't get it because that woman seemed like the worst mother I've right. ever seen in my life. Like she was the meanest right. person oh. I've ever seen. So to me, it's it's very contradiction. Like it's very contradicting that like they love this woman, they miss this woman, but for like the five minutes that we've actually like gotten to know her, she well, was a complete witch. But they only showed her being mean to Beth, right? Well, she wasn't being mean to Casey in that scene. I don't think. No, you're right. But it's still your daughter. Like, that's still yeah. a weird thing to do. I agree. In front of Casey. So, and that's, that kind of uh, is tangential to my other dislike is the fact that I just don't like, I could do without the flashbacks to the kids, oh, yeah. honestly. I'm not a big fan. I, I, I can get it. Like, I, I actually like to mm-hmm. use my imagination. So, it, I like to use my imagination because once I see the kids act, I, I, I can't erase that. And so it, I, I think the right. kids are terrible actors. And like, you haven't seen the latest episode, but there's one, there's one coming up with Rip and uh, Beth. And it's so awkward. And like, it's just, 
it doesn't really add anything to me. I, I, I caught myself checking my phone because I'm like, yeah. when is this going to be over with? Um, I'm not a big flashback fan. Like, it, it's very it's very awkward for me to watch Kevin Costner's a character flip back. Josh and Lucas. That character. Like, they should they should have picked someone that's not so famous. That, I was like, is is that what Josh Lucas has been like reduced to? Is Kevin Costner's younger version? Like, right. I didn't get it. I was so thrown off. I'm like, why do you need to pick that guy to be yeah. Kevin Costner's younger version? Like, could you not make Kevin right. Costner like look a little younger? I just, I didn't, I wasn't a huge That's fan funny. of that. Um, what else do I have here? Um, killing the older brother that was like yeah. a little bit too soon. I, I would, I, cause he had a really good yeah. dialogue with his Kill dad. Jamie. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna recall this off of memory, but when he was sitting there and him and him and John Dutton were talking about what it means to be a rancher. And he said, son, what do you see out there? And he basically says, I see food. Right. And he's talking about the cows. And he's like, I see food. I see, I see a way to make a yep. living to provide for my family. And he says, that's what a rancher sees, something like that. And, he, and then John Dutton talks about, you know, and he's showing that his oldest son doesn't have. Yeah, he was saying that right there is $200,000 and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. And so I thought that was really cool to see. And I, I wanted to get to know that guy a little bit more. And so I didn't like, I, I wish he would have been not a brother, maybe like uh, a second man yeah. or a second in charge. Like, I don't know. I didn't like that they killed the brother so soon, but yeah, I was surprised they killed him off that quick. Um, yeah. I, I wish they kept him around. Um, what did, did you catch on to how much tragedy was like around Casey for like four episodes in a row. Like every time they, there was like a crack house, there was a rape. <laughs> there was, he was killing, he was killing his brother in law. I'm like, dude, this guy's got so much yeah. shit swarming him. And the, like, and then he like left 48 his kid hours. Sewer that almost got bit by a rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> bit by a rattlesnake. <laughs> this is just not realistic, man. This is like getting, it's getting too much. I, did, I thought it was a little much how much Casey was being exposed to that yeah i don't know if they tried to front load that which was leading up to like monica leaving him but because then he was like you know i'm just gonna go back into the army or navy or whatever he was in and then that kind of that went away right like i don't know yeah there was a lot for his character but i do think uh real quick one of the the better scenes that jamie's been in in this entire show so far was when the police officer swaps guns with swaps like uh, cylinders with J- uh, Casey and Casey kills yeah, that yeah, guy yeah. and he goes in and Jamie basically was like, it was a scene that was like, we're smarter than you. We're better than you. And I'm going to prove it. And he was like, Oh, you, right. you killed yeah, the guy yeah. with the gun that your officer gave him. And it was just like this big shit show. Of like we're too smart for you. We're too good for you. That was one of the cool scenes. Yeah. We're one step ahead. Yeah. Um, what did you – what about the scene, like, in alignment with the whole too much tragedy around Casey? Like, do you remember the scene when yeah. – with the rattlesnake and he goes and takes his son back and his son <laughs> covered in snake blood and he just drop he drops him off with Monica and yeah. says, I'll be back. And she doesn't ask him any more I guess. questions. I think I would have a couple more follow-up questions, like, what the Where fuck happened to my son? Res- Where are you going? Where are you going? life, man. Like, yeah. I also, too, I so I guess this might have been season one uh, when they were digging up that pit on the reservation and they found dinosaur bones. I didn't know if that was really dinosaur bones. And then when they were, I was like, 
what the hell does that have to do with anything? And they just left them as like a yeah, like, like a, I guess someone a fire pit, a fire pit, like yeah, and someone uh, broke in or robbed them and stole the bones or some shit. I was like, oh, I don't know what any of this has to do with anything. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot. It. So same thing. What about the army? Did he just he was all about going to army, and there's all of a sudden overnight just decided exactly. to do There's that so anymore. many things that just he, he was doing all this shooting practice and like taking his son, and his son was crying, and then all of a sudden we haven't heard about the army anymore. Yeah, there's like, what dude, happened. There's that? a lot of stuff that I feel like they wrote in, and they're like, "Oh shit, we probably should probably should remove that." But yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, question: Has Monica found out that Casey killed her brother? I don't know. Oh, I think she does. Was that? I, does I could... she? I feel like he tried to. I feel like he tried to tell her multiple times, but it never actually happened. I could be wrong. I remember towards the end of the season one, where she was like, "I've got to know you're my wife." And then I think he said something like, "You know, he was gonna kill me," or like he was shooting, or some alluded to the fact that yeah, he, I think I it was that. either him kill me or I kill him. Um, so I, right. I think she does. I could be wrong, but I think she does. Okay. Um, only other love or only thing I want to mention before we get into the episode, um, is I absolutely oh. love the soundtrack. I discovered oh. Whiskey Myers, which you said I, I, it's been around forever and I just I guess not aware, but the soundtrack yeah, is freaking awesome. It's Whiskey Myers, uh, in particular, just fantastic. They, I think they're from Austin, maybe. Oh, yeah, it's dude. definitely Texas. So, yeah, they've been around for a little while. It, yeah, it's definitely, a uh, a, uh, a, genre country that doesn't right. get like your your mainstream airtime <laughs> yeah if you're ever listening awesome. like the chris stapleton like spotify radio um that's the kind of stuff like yeah. Belushis, whiskey myers um that all ends up playing on that station love it all right let's get into the episode um what are some of your big takeaways from episode one uh i think I think we've talked about this already a little bit, but Casey, his character kind of flipping the script on what, like, he was a family dude. He didn't want nothing to do with his dad. And then the, the big scene where they, again, let that bull loose in the bar, and he's like, I'm just going to burn it down next time. I think that was a big yeah. takeaway for me is that, because even at the end of that scene, Rip kind of looks back at him like, this isn't the same dude. Like, this isn't Casey. So I think yeah. that's going to end up unfolding. Yeah. Um and then also the very one of the very first scenes is Kevin Costner with Dan Jenkins at the diner, and Dan Jenkins is like trying to pull his dick out and saying that he's you know got Kevin Costner where he wants him. And he's like you know I was going with the sheriff and I turned around because it wouldn't be as fun to to have you learn about me taking your land from a jail cell. And then Kevin yeah. Costner says I uh, should have went to the sheriff because next time you won't cut down be cut down because I'll do it myself. And I'm like, because you don't see him getting yep. his hands dirty. So I think that was, uh, yep. yeah. It's personal now. Well, then he talks oh, about his dead yeah. son, too. And that's like, it took him Love over the it. edge. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought one thing that was really cool when you talk about, like, the passing of the torch, like, Casey, just, re- like, rip reinforcing, yeah. like, how loyal he is. Like, he, 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 he completely, I wouldn't say he disagrees, it hurts him like what was going on, but like he's so loyal and so obedient. Like he'll do anything yep. for John Dutton and he just accepts it. Like, I think that's, that's important to know that he understands right. his role and that 
Like, it's yep. always going to be about blood. Gotta love it. I like that. I like that. Um, so, we we hate on Jamie a lot. Um, like, and rightfully so. One thing I wrote down about Jamie, um, I love the scene when he goes to the coffee oh, shop. Yeah. And they yeah. do the, the slow drip, whatever. And he's just like so turned off by the hipster coffee shop and he's like his <laughs> it's so funny because you know all these alpha men around him like you know uh fighting bulls and doing all this manly shit and like his way of showing his masculinity like she's like you should coffee. you should wait and he's just she slowly goes, you should you should wait <laughs> yeah he's like fuck this hot coffee like i'm a, I'm a cowboy yeah. yeah i thought that was like super cool because it shows like even though he's the suit wearing, you know, city guy that's just in this like cowboy family, like he still right. wants to be, he wants to be accepted. Yep. He wants to be a cowboy and he, he doesn't want to see his childhood and what he knows is right. Montana and, and, you know, Yellowstone My, uh, go away. Favorite so, scene with Jamie too. I, this might not be episode one, but when he finally goes back home and they're at the table and Casey goes, mm. where have you been? Like he just hadn't seen him in a while. And Beth just starts yeah. laughing like maniacally. <laughs> yeah, where have you been, Kelly? Yeah, I I, I kind of hope he either starts getting a little dirty. Uh, well, I mean, just the guy himself, like the, the actor himself, it is. Yeah. So I, I hate to tell you, but in fifth, and you're gonna watch the episode. Like shit's shit's not going yeah, well for Jamie. So he does. Yeah, yeah. I. I I think he's important. I like. I don't like the character. I'm not supposed to, but I think it's an it's an important, right? You know, pulse to the show to yeah. have that guy. Um, one of the one of the uh, quotes that uh, I wrote down for that coffee scene was when the girlfriend goes, "The measure of progress uh, in yeah. the town is good coffee," <laughs> which is great. I mean, she forced the script. Is, you know? no, I slipped her switch really quick too, and he was like, "Oh, you get the <laughs> yeah, fuck like, out damn. of my apartment." <laughs> you're not shit yeah that's funny um i wrote down so we learn in the first episode you know rainwater's plan to annex yep. the casino that's his grand plan is to screw uh jenkins and then annex the yep. land so that he owns the land um cowboy we're introduced to cowboy the, Danny Glover the, the black, uh yeah so i don't know where that's gonna go with yeah. walker so I I know we've both seen the you know two and three and so they're forming a friendship. But well, they already know each um, other. That'll be interesting too. Yeah, they know each other from a previous. The uh, yeah, from episode one to speaking of like uh, them trying to annex the land was Beth making the plan with Bob. So I don't know if she is like a consultant for him or if she works for his firm, but she poses the plan of buying up all of the adjacent land around the reser- or around the yeah. Uh, ranch and essentially having the government pay them based on some subsidy right so they pay for it and this was one of the quotes yep. that i wrote down was when she's <laughs> like he goes well why hasn't anyone done this and she says well they don't have the investment infrastructure for to handle the first two years uh they don't measure well for junk and she goes how do you measure for junk bob and he says don't haggle on price. Just start gobbling. That's how I'm fixed for junk. And I'm like, oh my god, that's such a badass. <laughs> this dude's like 80. Big dick. That was good. All right, or then uh, how about when he goes? Uh, or he goes, yeah, that's how I'm fixed for junk. And she goes, I'll <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sock, Bob. Love it. 
I think I've rewinded that multiple times. It's just such a like. And so you have a you have a badass. Like even from it just goes to show like even being like a seventy five year old dude, the mentality doesn't change. Oh, you and you can tell like he's all turned on. Like he's like he's just like I love this shit. That was that was definitely one of my favorite lines. I, I definitely got that written down. Like, I always knew you tucked it in your <laughs> and sock. Like, he's like, he's getting, he's just still, his balls were tingling at that point. Oh, he loves it. He loves it. Don't even haggle for price. Just, just buy it up. No, it's great. Um, so yeah, okay, I got that. So I got these in chronological order. So after the Bob, the Beth and Bob bar scene, next was the cowboy <laughs> poker, bro. We got to talk oh, about cowboy poker. Dude. Would you ever? Uh, let's, let, let, me, let me cage this. Before you had a wife and, and a baby on the way, could you potentially be paid enough or drunk enough to be talked into playing yeah, I would cowboy play, poker? But I would not be the last one sitting there. I'd be, I'd, I would have been Jimmy. I'd be fuck this, and I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> I like when he goes, this is, this is stupid. Or he goes, this is stupid, isn't it? He goes, yeah, this, this makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have been probably one of the first ones. Up. I mean, depending on how much. They had a bottle of High West on the table, which is great bourbon if you haven't had it. Uh, they've got I've never had High ones, West. But, yeah, I mean, you can get Good it from stuff. Like $30 a bottle to like $100 a bottle. Um, what's the scene? What's the scene in Out Cold? Is there a scene where there's like an animal and they're like using their dicks or something and they're like acting like they're – I'm making this up. I feel like there's a scene with with uh, the guy from old school. Okay, not old school, but uh, wedding crash. No, Hangover. The crazy oh, kid, yeah, yeah. Alan. Fuck, like there's a scene. The hot oh no, no, don't think. They... Yeah, and then he wakes up and he's like sitting there, and there's like a, yeah. like a yeah. elk or something, like <laughs> licking licking salt or sugar off. I don't remember that, but I know that he gets his dick stuck in like the hot tub yet, <laughs> and it freezes. <laughs> I don't know what just made me think about that, but just like just the balls and just something just completely yeah. stupid. I probably I would sit in a uh, no. a cage with a bull before I stuck my dick in a hot tub jet. I'll tell you that much. This is <laughs> this is true. You know that's a real thing. The cowboy poker. Uh, I go. I YouTube it. Like you, there's actually guys in rodeos playing nope. cowboy poker. Uh, maybe that's how we should determine our fantasy it, football draft order. Is. It's however whoever oh. gets up last. It's, how bad do you how bad yeah. do you want the first pick, bro? <laughs> or how how bad do you want the yeah the first? So I got to break it. What? To you. I'm not playing not? this year in the league. So I had to break it to Matt today. Um, I don't like the bidding of the free agents, and we I'm going to do a commissioner's pod. I'd love to have you yeah. on, and we can talk about it there. It is truly to do with with sure. time consuming activity. Um, but yeah, he he told me that wasn't changing. So I yeah, I'm not a out. big fan of that. But I mean, I only play in two leagues. So I like I like the precedent. Yeah. I like what he's trying to do. It just makes it super yeah, super freaking does. complicated. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anything else on the? uh yeah. Cowboy poker. That was one of my favorite. That was definitely yeah, one, I, of my well, favorite one side note too. I don't like how they're trying to make that Avery chick seem like so much of a badass. Like maybe oh, she's yeah. Built, like, yeah. brick shit house, but she's like the skinny stripper. Like, yeah. Like if she was like, uh, yeah, or like, like just even a little bit tough character. Build. Yeah, like she's a stick. Like yeah. I'm not buying this whole tough right. cowboy chick. Like you were just riding a pole, and now you're this tough chick. Like I don't know. I'm just not buying it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Definitely. <laughs> it's 2019. You got you got to. I'm sure there's a gay couple on the way. 100. percent Oh, 100%. Yeah. 
There's the cowboy. Maybe that's what happens. Definitely. Maybe cowboy, the right. dude, and Walker start fucking. <laughs> then it's 2019. <laughs> it is. It is possible. Um. Okay. All right. So next would be the first bar fight. So the one where they get their yep. ass whooped because um, uh, Jimmy smarts off to the the guy yep. hitting on the chick. Where he says, we're with the Yellowstone. Nobody's going to fuck with us. And then he gets turned around and popped in the face. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I'm still uncertain of, like, how well-known the Yellowstone is to, like – I mean, obviously, the ranch people know, but just, like, the common people at the bar. Like – I love that they have, like, um, trademark uh, places. <laughs> like, I love where they wear their shirts and it says the Yellowstone. Like, you know you're legit when you got, like – Logo and, and people are willingly wearing them. and and polos, <laughs> yeah. Out, you know, it's not like just around the ranch. Like I'm gonna go out tonight. Let me my work shirt, my logo, please. Exactly. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, I, I love that scene. I, I just love Jimmy, like this guy with no right. confidence coming out of. Like, and I think it's important. Like you know, that's the whole point of why gangs yeah. are prominent, and they will always will be. It's just like these outcast people that have no confidence and no yep. self belonging, you introduce them to this group and now they become this, you know, family member and they've never right. had it before and they would do anything. And it's like this, this, um, this Celts, this, 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 uh, sense of confidence and it's just overnight and, and you got it when you know right. you got your brothers behind you yep. and that they'll take care of you. And so I think Jimmy, that's really cool to see because yep. it happens in everyday life. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Fuck you, or whatever you say. He go said, fuck yourself, or whatever. He yeah, he goes, fuck off, fuck off. Go, oh, said, fuck off. I said, go fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, fuck off. Yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, so then I think the next part that was cool was just the interaction between Casey and Rip when he's like, "Our boys oh, yeah. got left up." Yeah. Well, I think I think their whole dynamic is interesting, anyways. You know, like there's clearly like a disdain between the two of them for whatever reason. They haven't really got into it, but um. Well, yeah, and that's like I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the first time I noted where Casey really yeah. pushed back from like a leadership perspective because he said, "You right, don't get yeah. to tell me what to do anymore." Because he was like, "You yep. stay back, I'll take that care was, of this." Uh, yeah, that was even before they, you know, switched roles, like jobs, whatever. But yeah, I mean, that was the first time that they've shown any of that, but they haven't really gone into like why they don't like each other. At least I don't recall. No, they haven't. There's, there's something. We still don't know why Casey. Right. Yeah. 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 Remember him and him, John and Monica yeah. had that discussion. He said I didn't. And he's like, I had to do it for whatever. I regret yeah. it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's true. I wonder if they're ever gonna go back to that. I'm sure we'll figure oh, out. He got branded. Segue here, but just you remember in Sons of Anarchy when they, when they would kick somebody out of the club, they like burned the tattooed patch off their back. Oh, yeah. yeah they were doing the blowtorch or whatever, Walker. right? Walker's getting that shit peeled off. Oh, it's coming. Can't it's wait. It's coming. I, I, did, I did not draw that, that, uh, yeah, that comparison. Yeah, there is definitely. Because um, at the bar yeah, fight yeah, yeah. afterwards, Rip said, uh, he goes, um, you're going to wear that brand. You know, you're going to earn it. And he goes, or I'll fucking rip it off you. And I'm like, oh, it's coming off. <laughs> Yeah, and we haven't seen how exactly they do that. So that'll be, yeah. Yeah, so I think you covered the the bar scene. I think the, the bull, uh, I think that whole thing was just, I mean, 
I it got me riled up. I went from like six to midnight. <laughs> like I was ready to go. Like th- throw rip, throw me a stick, yeah. bro. I'm in this now. Let's just let's fuck some shit up. Like he goes, Jimmy, call him out. <laughs> it's just it's there's just one. There's a, one. Like I don't. I I mean, obviously it's TV, but I wish, like you said, it was real life to where you didn't have to go to jail. I want to spend one weekend up there. Like just get shit faced. Right. I don't con- I don't condone violence, but in, in fiction land, when you live I in love the woods, I don't think there's any other way to do it. So it's like All right. Did you um do you have any I mean we we spent our childhood together, so I think I would I'm pretty sure I'd know all your stories for this topic, but like can you point to a time where you had that like adrenaline rush where it's just like like the outsiders or it's just like something went off at a bar and it's just like whatever you're with there with your boys and it just shit got out of hand and you probably we've all probably regret that we're being stupid but do you have like a story like Man, that not one that sticks and i mean most of those times those stories were ever popping off we were super drunk um the for some reason the only story that's coming to mind i know you were there for this one was uh at a we might have been out of out of high school we might have been like 18 or 19 i don't know um but we were at this house party for graduation i think um and there was a shitload of people there probably like 60 if i had to guess and there were wait was this no, Alyssa's? this was amy yates party down 20 i think it was 20 okay. yeah and there was a bunch of people at the house and then across the street was across the street was a graduation party and um, Rico of, of all people had gone across the street and got caught s- stealing beer. To yeah, like to a random directly across the street. Party? Yeah. Like the yeah. token black guy. And it was like, a, like an all white high school graduation party. And uh he gets caught stealing beer and so everyone ends up going to the front yard and so like all the people at our party are on one side of the street, all the people on the <laughs> Yeah, and there's face off. Like, Big ass dude that, at least from what I remember, like yelling at us across the street. And I'm so hammered, right, that out of the corner of my eye, I see who I think is Blake walking across the street. And, you know, me and Blake aren't, weren't even like the best of friends back then. Like we just, you know, same group, whatever. And yeah, yeah. I see who I think is Blake just get cold cocked in the street. And so <laughs> me of all people, you know, I'm not the most like aggressive person either. I go across the street, and the first person I target is this big fucking dude yelling at all of us. Yeah, Immediate so regret. Him, Immediate and regret. And I jump back waiting for, like, this whole thing to pop off, and nobody on – No one, <laughs> no one comes to your rescue, bro. Like, no one came after me. They all, they all just form a circle around you guys? Like, you guys no, like, that dude didn't party. come after me. His <laughs> friends didn't come after me. And I, really? around, and I was like, I had, you know, geared up, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, this is not how I expected this whole thing to unfold. <laughs> I've seen this in the movie five <laughs> times. Five out of five times. And so and then I just like turned around and walked back. And then I don't remember what happened after that. No fight happened. It just dissipated. I was like, all right, well. Wow. But I mean, that's like the one time I can remember like me specifically getting like super amped up. Trying to like, all right, let's just fucking do this. And it going nowhere. <laughs> do you remember when I... uh Got into it with those Unigrove oh, yeah. guys and like rallied yep. up the entire football team, and we like freaking took five different cars. I think that was, I think that's the most like outlaw. Like I felt like I was in a, a movie and like someone could have been filming me, and I felt like it was yep. not real life. 
I, I think that's probably the most amped I've ever Maybe not right. like controlled amp because it had to be controlled because it literally <laughs> took us 30 minutes to get his house and he was on the phone giving us directions, which is neither here nor there. And then I'm pretty sure uh, got Aaron destroyed. Smith, uh, faked, a, faked an attack outside of the high school locker room. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, in TV, it looks really cool. And that's I, – I wish I well, was in fights, that. Fights so no in real life are nothing like what you see on TV. Like, for some reason, everyone no. on TV knows how to fight. Yeah, there's if you get ten dudes together, there might be two that have some sort of structure to what they're doing. Everyone right. else is just right. throwing hands. Yeah, Head down with the egg beater. Going nuts. <laughs> yeah. Flat box. It's not pretty. Yeah, no, that's funny. That is, that is it's I wanted to be transported into that to that baller life. Yeah. You know, just being a badass. Because we're not wish. in real life. We're we're one of Wait, I'm like, these things yeah. last for like five minutes if you ever fought someone for 30 seconds you've never been more tired your entire life like dude in college i had a boxing class and they were like literally five rounds 60 (laughs) seconds per round like i thought i got into like a battle with a like a a tiger for two hours like and we were it was football player on football player so we were taking it easy on each other and i was still just gassed i was clenching my jaw so hard on my mouthpiece like the next morning i couldn't talk to be in a fight, yeah. like an actual fight for like 30, 30 seconds, you know, is with no gloves. Like Just going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. Especially at 30. 100 miles an hour. Shit. <laughs> I'm done. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Yeah. I try to play <laughs> tennis and I can't walk the next thing. Um, what else do I have? Um, so you already covered the Jenkins breakfast, um, and then the last scene is just that we figure out that John doesn't have cancer. It's just the yeah. I had to also watch that back. It's the first time I think I missed it, and then the second time I was like, "Well, hold on, did he never have cancer? I thought he said he had some removed from his colon, but I guess he just doesn't have it." I, right, I think he had he had it, and he thought it was gotcha. coming back because he was gotcha. shedding blood. Yeah, that was an interesting scene too. Yeah. That was cool. I was trying to ask Jackie, like, how, like, actually, like, is that reasonable? Like, could you actually do that? And she said, he, I don't know. So she wasn't much <laughs> help. Zero value. Uh, he, yeah, uh, so he walked out. I mean, in real life, they were holding him down, and he was, like, you know, just being cut and cauterized. I'm like, you're passing out. There's no anesthetic. There's no nothing. You're just from sheer oh, shock. Yeah. You're passing out. I, I think I take I think I take my chances with the the horse anesthesia <laughs> ratio. Yeah. Like I don't care if it kills me. Like do your best guess. Like if it takes me out, it takes me out. But please don't yeah. cut me without anything. But they're men though. We've already established that. We're nah. Fuck it. Just just call the ambulance. I'll take my chances with time. Question for you. So with your uh, kind of um, crime scene mm-hmm. cleanup background. Did you ever have to do anything with like no, anyone alive? No, no, no. Did you no, ever were, like? Yeah, no. It was all, always, after, always the fact, after the fact. We weren't. We didn't deal with like the actual families or the like inflicted individual. It was. I mean, have you have you ever had to deal with like a friend or family member or something getting like horribly injured and like having to provide like first aid like initially uh, or like I, I mean, kind of. I mean, we were in maybe eighth grade. I, I can't remember. And I was uh, in a really bad four-wheeler accident. I was driving a four-wheeler that the axle was already, like, crooked, so you had to hold it, like, the steering wheel at a 45-degree angle to go straight. Yeah, and we had five dudes on it. And uh, only one guy had a helmet on. And we were going down dirt road. Car was coming one way, so I got in the next lane. Another car started coming. 
and the brakes went out because we had too much weight on it. Yeah, and we're going, I mean, we weren't going that fast. But maybe, I mean, we're like 25 miles an hour maybe or whatever. And we ended up hitting this embankment, and I fell off. I got pretty banged up. A couple other people got banged up. This one kid hit the dirt road so hard that the impact split his face right underneath his, his eyeball, like his eye socket to where Jesus Christ. it split it open. And I could see the bottom of his eyeball and the bone in his eye. And, uh, but it wasn't bleeding. It was like all the nerves and stuff had just split. And I mean, I like, yeah. took off my shirt, applied pressure and then picked him up and ran to the nearest house. But like, <laughs> that's about the only extent Jeez. I've ever done anything. Luckily. Dude, I'm, the, I'm the biggest pussy when it comes. I thank God I've never been in that scenario. Like, so I haven't had to like completely leave someone like hanging high and dry. Cause I really don't know how I would react in that oh. situation. I would like to think that I would be brave and like, like just my, you know, hero, my adrenaline would rush and I wouldn't think about right. the blood, but part of me is really scared to be in that situation because I just think I would pass out and freak <laughs> Did, out. Didn't you get any but, medical training uh, hopefully, in, the, hopefully not. in the military? Yeah, I've gotten all the training, <laughs> but that doesn't mean like I'm actually going to be able to do it oh, in yeah. real life. Like I was the kid, I, I have a vivid memory and I tell the story all the time. I remember being in seventh grade seventh and sixth grade and um biology class henry county no it was it was sophomore is it freshman or sophomore we we're in high school and i remember we were in biology and we started doing um um help me out um i want to say experiments that's not the word oh, dissect. We're, dissect we started dissecting like different animals and so the first animal we were going to do was a squid um it was some type of you know sea <laughs> creature and so i said yeah hey, no problem i've had this before like uh this is not be a big deal i was really freaked out about the rat but i was like hey, <laughs> one step at a time dude when i started cutting into that squid or whatever the hell it was with the scapula like i felt like i literally almost <laughs> passed out and like i like beeline straight to the teacher and was like worksheet 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 like get me the hell out of this thing like i will I will draw lines and connect A's to words, and I'll say exactly what those things are. But please do oh, not. I never did any of that shit in high school. I never. I never took. I mean, I took you biology, obviously. I think. You never dissected no, anything in your county. Yeah, it was anatomy. I had to do that shit in college, and I mean, I had to do it if I was like a failed, but no, it was I never, not fun for me. I never took any science classes in college. I mean, other than like whatever the foundational shit is, but. I feel like that would be so up, so up your alley. Like I feel like Probably. you would love that shit. I, mean, I don't know. You're yeah. you're a gross I mean, motherfucker. I've pulled skull out of the ceiling. I've picked up a human brain before and juggled it actually. Huh. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm pretty good with jumping and stuff like that. We were on Matt's bachelor party in Phoenix, I guess a couple years ago now, and there was this kid that was there with us, and I say kid, just dude, he uh. We've been drinking all day. I want to say this kid had been smoking weed too. Like, pretty small guy too. He was like, you know, when you see people that are so fucked up, they look like they're just staring into space. He was that guy. Yeah. But Zomp. we were outside in like a hot tub and a pool and a little putting green. And he was like standing on this like marble shit, leaned up against this pool table. And I'm like, hey, dude, are you all right, man? And I noticed he's just pissing himself. Like, leaned up with like the pool table at like the small of his back, his feet out, looking up at the sky. And I'm like, I think this dude is like going into a coma. He is pissing himself, and then he slips like his feet just fall out from under him, and he slams his head on the marble. Like, dude, you can oh. hear it bounce. 
And as soon as he did, he just started snoring. Like it was like that immediate concussion thing. And so like I had hopped out of the, the hot tub and ran over there and tried to like lift his head, make sure he could breathe, you know, whatever. And then finally he came to a couple seconds later. But then I looked around, like, no one – I was the only one to move. Like, this <laughs> motherfucker would have just laid there had I not been there. Oh, man. Then, like, everyone's like, oh, he's fine. Like, just give him a beer. I'm like, that motherfucker might have brain damage. This is, like, 28, 29, 30-year-olds. Like, could you imagine, like, 22, 21-year-olds? Oh, you throw him over the fence. Yeah, just... 100%. Yeah. Uh, he's a goner. Yeah, but, so I'd like to think I'm, I'd jump in and stuff like that. But serious situation, who knows? Do you, um, do you ever, I mean, now that you, you got your son on the way, like, do you ever, cause I do this without having like a baby on the way, like reminisce on certain situations, like not even like bad situations, like, like just, it could have, it could have been very unfortunate and it was nobody's fault, but it's like, you like, man, that was super harmless, but we ended up in a really bad situation where we got really hurt. Like, how do you, I fear for the navigation of my child. It's like, there's so, there's like so many tosses of the coin right. would have landed on the other side. Like I could have really been hurt or like almost yeah, killed I mean, sometimes. I haven't thought about it a ton really, but I know that stuff is going to happen, going to come. Cause like we were talking this past weekend on Chase's bachelor party with, with Nolan, how, you know, we used to get Nolan's car with him driving and we'd been drinking all night and we would, you know, go race down Darwish, right? That curvy ass road. And, yeah, yeah. like you know, stupid shit. How did we not? And one night we blew a tire, right? When it was raining, we were doing this shit drunk. And I never really drove drunk back then. I, mean, I, I think I've done it once probably in my life. Um, but like, it's very common for kids to do that and run off the road into a tree, right? Or kill someone else. Or there's definitely situations that right. we were lucky to get away with, you know, and like some people aren't. And so, yeah, I mean, it's terrifying to even think about shit like that. But. Hopefully, I've got some time before he uh, <laughs> starts getting into that shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think like stuff like innocent stuff. You I mean we used to roll houses a bunch, and like we wouldn't do random people's right. houses. We'd do our friends. And I remember one time going to roll Robert's house, and it's like we park our car a couple houses up, and you know, there's nothing malicious that we're doing. We're not hurting anyone. Like it's just kids being kids, and you know, rolling yeah. our own friends. But I parked across from the wrong person, and it was an older gentleman, and he was, like, spooked, and he thought someone right. was trying to rob his house. And, like, this guy comes out with a 12-gauge, and he's got a freaking flashlight on the end of it, and I'm trying to run back to my car just because I know, like, I, I'm sensing, like, this guy thinks something's bad going on. And, like, he's got this flashlight. I think it's just a flashlight in my eyes. I can't see shit, oh, and I'm running God. up on him just to say, hey, 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 nothing's going on. You know, we're just, you know – messing around with a friend and he freaking lowers the flash eye and I'm staring down the oh barrel of a 12 dude. gauge. Like I, it could have took, I mean, this guy being just a, a fraction, you know, frightened and just yeah. a, a trip of the trigger. And like my life's over, you know, it's like stupid stuff like that. It's like no one was doing anything wrong or being malicious. It's just yeah, like that's... just silly stuff like that. It is know? wild. It's crazy. I mean, situations, I feel like we were probably, I mean, I'm sure there was probably a dozen that I can't even remember, you know, that like, Oh, there's a dozen. Half that I'm not going to say for the <laughs> yeah. public knowledge. Yeah. It's wild, man. I mean, it, plus the world's changing, right? It's like kids are exposed to shit that we didn't get exposed to until we were in high school, right? That they're getting exposed to in like fifth grade, you know, like even the yeah. whole idea of sex is like crazy to me for, you know, kids now with like Instagram and shit, like, people getting cell phones at seven. I didn't get my first cell phone until I was 15. So I'm like, 
we we definitely need to have oh, just God. a pot on that. Just like tr- trying to predict. I don't know. Trying to compare, it would be really interesting to do it and then go back, like when our kids are actually, you know, I don't know, wa- right. walking in the middle school and like, were we accurate? Like, what what's changed? Like, you know, is it that Dude, much I can different? Tell you, we're obviously getting, you know, much smarter as a society and as a world because we progress, tech, you know, technologically and stuff. But I think as a people, we're regressing. <laughs> we become so we're becoming more dependent. So that's <sighs> yeah. Do you do you feel like do you feel like do you do you feel like you're more adapt and this might be completely naive and I might sound stupid but do you feel like you're more adept to uh, combat your children like when it comes to technology like I just don't see myself ever being dumb about and I don't sure. want to call my parents dumb but they just like. Like, oh, I didn't know, like, I, you know, texting and, like, I don't feel like that's ever going to be right. Me. Like, I feel like I am always going to have, like, a working knowledge of what is going on. And, like, and I could be completely wrong. And that's why I want to do this sure. podcast because I could listen to it in, like, 15 years. I'm like, wow. Well, I think the clueless. biggest thing there is, so we have a, a foundation, right? Like, we were exposed to the internet. That was our generation. We have smartphones. Our parents no. never had any of that shit. So it was picking up with zero knowledge. But but what's the next smartphone? What's I mean? You're right. That technology jump is is I mean that's like a a canyon size technology. Do you think technology is to the point? Because it's definitely you know it's sure. always curving up. Do you think there could be such a significant jump, say from like you know your your car phone that right. looked like Zach Morris versus you know your smartphone? Do you think that jump exists? Not, still in technology? not for so. There's a book. Uh, that was written by Peter Till or Peter Till, maybe saying that wrong. Um, that kind of speaks to that. It's called zero, zero, zero to none or zero to one. Okay. Zero to one, I think. So Peter Thiel was the guy that was the co-creator of PayPal with Elon Musk um, and some other things. Yeah, and it yeah. talks about that, like taking some, like there's never going to be another Facebook. There's never going to be another Instagram, another Twitter, um, another app, you know, right? So, right, right. No, I don't think the jump is going to be, that big from having no prior, you know, device or service or whatever you want to call it to where we are now. But I do think that it's going to change. So you think it'll be pretty incremental. Like it, I think it's more, change. It's I think it's more substantial changes leap. on things that already exist, like improvements than right. something new. Not to say right. that I mean, there's clearly going to be something new with artificial intelligence and blockchain and all this stuff. But I think that, the way things change are going to be different and a little bit slower, I think, than, right. than what they were before. Right. I, I agree with that. But again, I, I, it's, I think it would be fun to record and then go back and see, like, what did we think was incremental and, like, how, where are we in 10 years? Yeah, well, like, what has yeah. changed? When my kid's That'd be pretty cool, though, and he's like, Dad, to compare. fuck is Facebook? You know, like... <laughs> Well, and then he's just like, you're like, what are you using? Yeah. Like, how are you doing that? Like, I, I, I can't. I yeah. I'm just not going to learn that. Be wild. Yeah. Um, so, Yellowstone, last thing I have on episode one, um, and I absolutely loved the ending when he said, when John was in the helicopter and he said, um, or Casey goes, well, at least we know you don't have cancer. And he said, well, son, I've been living like yeah, it, and that uh, might be worse. I have so yeah. much to undo. I hope they. I, that was I, awesome. I, think, I hope that they go back because, like, you're right. They have alluded to like him being an awful dad, right? And like Casey 
hates them. Like there's all this stuff, their mom dying, but they haven't like delved into that at all. And so I'm hoping they kind of shed some more light onto to all that stuff. So uh, I guess I took that line as like these decisions that he's made in, in um, the small amount of time that he thought he had cancer. Like he thought he had to make so right. much stuff happen and secure his son's future that he made all these like very nearsighted decisions because he thought right. he was going to be out of the equation. And now that he's like got this, you know, new, this second chance at life because he actually doesn't have cancer anymore. Like, He's like, fuck, I, I never right. would have made those decisions if I knew yeah, I like had more years. Like giving Beth the okay to make herself the beneficiary of, her pro- yeah. of the property and all that. Yeah. Or just fucking go hog wild and like create this like battle between the reservation. Like maybe right. he would have been more diplomatic if he was like, hey, I, I, can see, I can see this out and I can actually, you know, um, have a conversation and I can, this can be a, a long battle, not something I have to win right. in the next yeah. two or three weeks. It'll be interesting to see how it unfolds for sure. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we got about 96 of six minutes of content. Um, it's freaking awesome. I enjoyed having you uh, on and uh, pleasure's all mine, my friend. So, um, I don't know what your schedule like, but I would, I would love to, uh, try to knock out a couple episodes you know once a week or maybe every other week depending on how the baby schedule goes and uh try to catch up to uh let's the current I'm episodes watch four maybe four and Go. five tonight let's, might, i might get wild and stay up past 10 um <laughs> so we can <laughs> oh, yeah, is that what dude. wild is nowadays <laughs> so yeah i think i think we could definitely knock out i mean now that we've kind of got all the season one and the the general stuff out i think we could knock out definitely two three and four and in, in one pod let's do it. maybe next week or so okay all right dude well you all have right, a good man. night till corny today see ya all right have a good one